Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome back, everybody, to the wonderful world of Faked. If you guys are new here, Welcome. I'm glad you guys are here to join us on our 100th episode. Thank you guys for standing by enough to live out 99 episodes. And this one's going to be a fun one because it's about something I absolutely hate, and that is reality shows. So we're going to be talking about fake TV shows, basically. Um, But we're going to define it first. Then we're going to talk about the first reality show, one that may be... Uh, some of the more wise viewers of mine, um, you know, maybe a little more aged viewers would know. It's from the 1970s. Never heard of it, but um, I might have to go look up some stuff. And uh, I might go put some clips, if I could find some, on the TikTok. So you could check them out there. So what is a reality show? So this is not defined by Webster. It is defined by Oxford. So um, it is a television program in which ordinary people are continuously filmed, designed to be rather entertaining than informative. So I guess, I don't know, the ordinary people of that is kind of interesting because I guess maybe just off the street, they're not trained actors, but even though they are, like, we all know that reality shows aren't real, I think, I think we all know this. Well, I do have a story later I can tell you um, about a girl I dated that was uh, a little dubious about it. So, let's go into the PBS era, a 1970s era American family. So, they say reality TV was born on January 11th, 1973, when PBS launched the series An American Family. So, three camera crews moved into the Santa Barbara house of Bill and Pat Loud and their five children. Gosh, you were just, I think you're asking for it. You got five children, your last name's Loud? Ooh, maybe that, I wonder if this is like the Loud family. Isn't that like a cartoon? That's interesting. Huh. Okay, so according to a Variety story, three months before the debut, docu-producer Craig Gilbert set out to capture the living patterns and mentality of a fairly typical middle American household. I don't know if Santa Barbara is the fairly typical middle American household, but instead recorded the drama of a family in the process of coming apart. Hmm. I mean, you're living with this family. There's five children. Bill and Pat are sick of the five children's antics. Of course, they're going to be... This Oh, this dude knew what he was doing. Craig knew what he was doing. All right. So apparently, there was a lot of drama in it. Uh, the couple's 20... The couple's 21-year marriage ended, so Bill Loud suffered a business crisis, and eldest son Lance, 20, came out to his parents at a time when homosexuality went unspoken, especially in prime time. So the the 12 one-hour weekly episodes drew an impressive 10 million viewers. That sounded like a dumpster fire, but it was probably so entertaining because at this time, we're talking the 70s, think people were really still reserved. Like, you know what we consider possibly conservative today? That was like the normal. People just did not talk about any of that stuff. Or, you know, if you were going to, if you're going to argue, you weren't doing it in public. You were doing it within the, you know, four walls. And these people who signed up for this, 
Mr. Bill and Mrs. Uh, Pat. Oh my gosh. I mean, they were asking for it at that point. 21 year marriage ended. Okay. So Albert Brooks film Real Life in 1979 spoofed the situation, but it took TV 20 years to catch on. So MTV's The Real World Inspired by American Family bowed in 1992 in the nonfiction format caught fire after the May 2000 debut of Survivor, which we all know that one. So the cash-strapped PBS was relatively new, um, and this was a tentpole for the public broadcaster with uh, sources at WNET 13 telling Variety that the series was the big event for PBS in a lean year and expected to have a blockbuster effect. So Gilbert and his team ended up recording 300 hours of raw footage filmed during the second half of 1971. So according to the October 25th, 1972 story in Weekly um, Variety, reportedly it took the family a month to adapt to the presence of the cameras and to behave naturally in the presence. So they had to go an entire month of just kind of training themselves to, you know, it is weird because you can say things, everybody says things around the house. I mean, that's... It's like leaked, um, what's the camera footage, uh, not Nest, yeah, Ring, like linked, leaked Ring stuff is so cringy because it's like, you're kind of in like the safety of your own home, you're not filtering society through what you're saying, you're not taking anything into account, and I think that's, that's tacky, anytime I see that, I'm like, "Mm, that shouldn't happen. Okay, so it took a month for them to adapt Rightfully so, too, because people weren't in cam- in front of cameras all the time. You know, we're in front of cameras all the time, so we kind of know how to act. So when the show debuted, it sparked debates that have lingered through the hundreds of reality series since. So were the people really behaving naturally if the cameras were there? And were events edited in the way to make them more dramatic than they actually were? These are definitely questions we've all had. So the arguments only fueled more interest. Um, there were two follow-up specials, so an American family revisited the Loud Years 10 years later in 1983, um, and PBS Lance Loud, A Death in an American Family in 2003. So this carried on from 1970 all the way to 2003. Wow, was that. So that just shows you how, I mean, people were dying to have this kind of TV made. So HBA made the TV movie Cinema Verite, Verite? In 2011, which was a dramatized version of the show's creation with Tim Robbins and Diane Lane as the Louds and James Gandolfini as Gilbert. So I'm going to have to check that out. Um, And then the ripple effect continued um, with Big Brother and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode because now we know what a reality show is, what it's defined as. And then we, we saw the first one, so we know the history of it. And we saw that there was money to be made. And when I, you know, I'm always telling you, if there is money involved, there is fakery. There will be because people want to keep it going. So we're going to talk about 30 reality shows that are totally fake. I might skip over one or a couple because they're lame or whatever, and maybe we don't want to talk about it. But I'm going to kind of fire off these. So House Hunters, we all know House Hunters, and it's an HGTV staple where those home 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 buyers are shown three potential houses in the hopes of finding their dream home. But that's kind of what we've been led to believe. But it's kind of crazy because we all know it's like a butterfly farmer. You know, there's jokes around like, but how does this butterfly farmer have a $3 million budget? Like, What's going on? But in reality, most of the couples have already decided on their home before filming even begins, meaning that two of the three houses they see, they actually were never even in the running. So sorry, burst that little bubble. 
Okay, next is Breaking Amish. Have you ever watched this one? Um, but Breaking Amish um, actually... <laughs> so this is kind of an interesting one because the Amish having a moment in reality TV is insane. But as hardworking, as honest as the Amish may be, their reality shows are just as fake. Terrible. So while the show allegedly follows five Amish people as they experience the outside world for the first time, several cast members had already left the Amish community years before the show began. That was such a good show, though. I hate reality TV, but that one was so good. There was another one. It was like, um, it was all about princes. It was only one season. It was so good. It was like five princes living together in one house. Um, but in America, they had to lie about what they were. And then they had to convince, you know, they had to fall in love legitly without some sort of ties to their princehood. And it was so good. You guys will have to look that up. I, I don't have it in front of me, but look up like Prince reality show um, where they have to find a bride and fall in love with them, not knowing that they are a prince. <laughs> Something like that. Maybe not type in that whole thing. Okay, next is Catfish, which is crazy because, I mean, the show is called Catfish and they're catfishing us. So Catfish is a reality show where people confront their online lovers in real life and most of the time, that person is drastically different than who they really are. And this is one reality show that by design of the entertainment industry must be fake, probably just because you can't really expose people like in public without blurring them. So you have to sign waivers to have your face shown on TV, and yet none of the catfish have their faces blurred out. They aren't surprise confrontations. They're highly planned and sometimes scripted. So I did always think that was a little strange. So you just got to think uh, logically about some of this stuff. So let's talk about Naked and Afraid. So we're honestly kind of glad that Naked and Afraid isn't as real as it might seem. The premise is a harrowing one. So two strangers are dropped in the middle of nowhere, completely naked and without supplies. And they're expected to survive 21 days, <laughs> which is crazy because you'd just be like, what if that person dies? You know, like, what if they don't survive and they're just naked and we're shooting films? Yeah. So apparently they, behind the scenes, were given amenities, uh, medication, and hygiene products. Because, yeah, that, as real as we want that to be, yeah, it just couldn't be without finding a dead body. Okay. So The Real Housewives is a reality show series that um, chronicles the exciting lives of wealthy socialites across the country. While there have been a number of deviously wonderful fists and or fist fights and blow-ups that seemed raw and authentic, they're all ruses most of the time. So according to the folks who have seen them taping the streets, the whole thing functions more like a movie than a documentary. Multiple takes and everything. I think we knew this one too. Everyone always has their hair perfectly up, you know, before they get blasted with the fist. I've actually never seen any of them, but I've seen clips and they think we all know like the memes that come from it. Okay, let's go on. I've never even heard of The Simple Life, but uh, that's Paris Hilton. And I guess according to the Hotel Harris or Harris, Harris, I was looking at her hair. Um, producers heavily encouraged her to act like a dumb troublemaker. So apparently this was, Simple Life was Paris Hilton of the Hilton dynasty. 
Okay, so Storage Wars is a reality show that is so fake that it got sued by a former star for being so fake. Um, while the show presents itself as documenting auctions for abandoned storage spaces, the truth is a little more complicated. While people do compete to buy the contents of these spaces, producers allegedly plant unique and very uh, valuable items inside of these things, which always made sense because like, at least from what I know about the storage industry, it's like mostly crap. So the fact that they find anything, yet alone every episode multiple times, is crazy. So that right there was, I, I think we all knew that and was so fake. So next is Love Island. Okay, Love Island was like Survivor, except contestants were just as interested in hooking up as they were about winning the cash prize. So nothing about the show, including the intimate moments, was remotely even close to being real. So contestants claimed that they would have to shoot five to ten takes of them doing the deed so that producers could choose the most exciting one. I think the producers just wanted a little more footage. That's crazy. That is insane. So that's Love Island. Um, okay, next is the Alaskan Bush people. It was apparently nothing more than a shameless ripoff of Duck Dynasty, and like the original, the imitation was just as fake. So according to the show, these Bush people were living off the grid far away from civilization. Turns out that off the grid means living right down the road from a pizza place and spending plenty of times in hotels when not filming. So they were as civilized as anybody else would be. I never watched that show, but um, it does seem like Duck Dynasty. Um, Love It or List It. Okay, Love It or List It is a show where homeowners are torn between renovating their home or selling it and finding a new one. So the show does both for them, and then they have to choose. While that decision might sound antagonizing, it's definitely fake. So according to the relative of one contestant, they film both a Love It and a List It, ending, the decide, or ending and decide which one works best. His aunt and uncle's episode ended with a List It, but in reality, the couple are still enjoying their home to this day. So... Apparently, it's just all for show. Um, if you're a fan of The Hills, The Hills was an MTV reality show, always plagued by accusations of being totally scripted. And after the stars' contracts expired, they would kind of just let the world know what's going on. So sorry to break it to any fans, but some of the staged moments on the show include Audrina and Spencer having a fling, Heidi trying to trick Spencer into having a baby, Kristen and Audrina fighting over Justin Bobby, and Jen and Brody hooking up. All fake. Sorry to break it to you. I've never watched that show. Okay, next is going to be Ghost Hunters. Whoa, this one's shocking. A ghost hunting reality show being fake? No way. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy that they're like, we film all the time and we always get something on it. So, no, I get, apparently no one even tried to make an attempt to hide that the entire show was a sham. <laughs> Um, there's not much information more than that. They just are like, yeah, this is not real. Totally fake. Okay, next would be American Idol. Okay, American Idol isn't totally fake per se, but there is a lot going on behind the scenes to make it look like TV. So according to what we see on the show, singing hopefuls line up and around the block waiting for the turn to perform for the celebrity judges. But apparently that's not how it works at all. So contestants have to make it through several rounds before the talent scouts <laughs> and producers uh, before they get a chance to even sing with the big dogs. Huh. All right, we're going to move on. Some of these are like smaller shows that nobody really knows about. Okay, so Property Brothers, okay. So just like a 
just like a lot of HGTV shows, um, Property Brothers has a bit of shadiness behind the scenes. So first of all, most of the clients know that they can't afford the first house going in. The brothers show the homeowners, um, or buyers, I should say, that they can't get what they want in a move-in ready home. So to even get on the show, homeowners, homeowners, home buyers, sorry, I'm getting that one mixed up, have to have at least 65000 for renovations. That's not too bad, actually. On top of that, the show's guests also need a 25% contingency fee just in case things go wrong. So second of all, Drew isn't making the real estate deals, okay? He takes the lead, but anyone who bought a house knows it's a few-day ordeal. It's not a handshake away from being yours. So the people on the show already have the keys to the new house in hand before they are even able to be on camera. Finally, Jonathan doesn't really do all the work. Turns out the home buyers have to do a bunch of work too. So all those like scenes where they're getting sweaty and they're, they've got a hammer. It's, no, that's fake. Well, some of it's probably real, but most of it's fake. Next is Fixer Upper. So a lot of these shows seem to be pretty fake as heck. So Fixer Upper is a home renovation show featuring real-life couple Chip and Joanna Gaines, while homeowners, got that one right, on this show do end up with a beautifully renovated and decorated home at the end of the process. It comes with a price tag. So any furniture or other decor the duo uses in their design has to be paid for by the homeowner. If they can't or don't pay up, all that stuff goes away after the cameras stop rolling. So they're like, all right, shoot this beautifully uh, executed dining room table. Oh, you can't afford this $40,000 oak from a redwood tree. Oak, that would make sense. A redwood tree freaking table? That's coming with me then. <laughs> See ya, you don't have a dining room table. That's crazy. That is hilarious. All right, next up is RuPaul's Drag Race. According to the former contestant of the show, RuPaul's Drag Race, producers aren't just selectively editing things contestants say. They're actively trying to get them to say dumb or controversial things in general. Okay, and you know all those hilarious one-liners the judge has at the contestants walk down the runway? They've all got air pieces with producers feeding them lines. That is interesting. And I've never watched that show, but I have met RuPaul, which is crazy. I met him when I was in LA. I uh, didn't know who he was, and he was not in drag. So he looked like a kind of a plain Jane. And then I saw him on Broad City, and that was awesome. All right, so next is Britain's Got Talent. I think we all know that these type of shows are fake, although I love Britain's Got Talent. So they say surely a talent show can't be faked. It relies on the brutal impartiality of merit. Correct? But no. Turns out the producers for Britain's Got Talent aren't looking for skill as much as they're looking for a contestant sob story, which, of course, they highlight. It always, yeah, I thought that was kind of crazy because they, like, have those beforehand while they're doing it. And, like, why would they? It's so weird. I, it's such a weird format. I just, how did people even make it up? Like, there must have been a bunch of failed ones of these, like, talent shows and stuff because uh, it just seems, it seems like such a weird format. I can't really place a thumb on why it is. So numerous former participants had said that their time was cut short because they didn't have the right image or sob story. All right, next is Project Runway. Uh, was a Bravo reality show that uh, featured aspiring fashion designers competing for a cash prize and the chance to show their creations at the New York Fashion Week. So on camera, we'd see the three finalists runway show at Fashion week. But in reality, upwards of five or six contestants would actually present collections in order to prevent spoilers when 
filming. So there's an understandable precaution, obviously, but it makes it seem like less of an honor if that's the case. Okay, so next up is what not to wear. This just makes me feel like I haven't watched a lot of reality shows, which is good, I think, in this, because I don't really like them, as I've previously stated. So what not to wear was a TLC reality show where a lucky person was given $5,000 to spend on a completely new wardrobe, all with the help of professional stylists. This sounds like an amazing opportunity, but in reality, people on the show were much less glamorous. Okay, so contestants were often encouraged not to spend their entire sum because they were personally responsible for paying sales tax. So additionally, some contestants have said that they were responsible for the cost of hairstyling and tailoring their new clothes. It is crazy how much these like reality shows get away with things. Like they don't want to spend any money. <laughs> okay, next up is Jersey Shore. Okay. So cast members of Jersey Shore are clearly fake uh, since they're super shallow, self-involved people. So we assume maybe the actual show is fake. Um, so all these randos or all those randos that they bring back to the house to schmoosh. Uh, they're not so random as they seem. Uh, everyone is thoroughly vetted before they get in. That's so weird. Like what a weird concept to be vetted before you do the deed. Hmm. Okay. So however, we can say, I guess, with confidence that the season one scene where Snooki takes a punch to the face is completely real. And I think probably one of the best moments of reality TV I would dare to put on the table. All right, so this one's kind of cool. So Pawn Stars, um, and I, I say it's cool because I've actually been on Pawn Stars. You guys can check it out. Um, it was last season. Um, I sold a Microvision, uh, a Microvision video game set. So if you look that up, you'll be able to find it. But uh, let's see what they have to say. So the day-to-day -day business of the shop is completely unrealistic. Yep, in reality, the main cast only praises in private rooms, never at the counter, and why would they their TV stars? So that actually isn't even true. So let me bring you through kind of the whole Pawn Stars process. So I had submitted something that I found in my basement um, to their website, which they get thousands a day, a ton. Three months later, I get a call from the casting agency saying they are interested in my product. So then I get casted and then I have to sign all these NDAs. I have to sign all that stuff. Then I get to a second casting call, which is actually out of Vegas. The other one was out of Boston. During that casting call, they're kind of setting things up. They're asking some of the questions. Um, I can't move from what I put my projected price as. So I put it as 100. I can't move from there. I have to stick with it. Then they give me all of the criteria of what to wear. So there is a ton of criteria when it comes to what you need to wear. Can't wear loud patterns. Can't wear logos. Nothing too form-fitting because they feed a mic through you. But um, when I get there, um, after bringing everything, I get into the, a stage in the back. So it is actually at the pawn shop. It's just in the back. And you could tell a difference between whether shooting on the stage or up front. Look at the door up front. If it's frosted, it's fake. That is the actual um, set in the back. But it looks perfect. But during it, they already knew everything about, about the product before I got there. Um, but we were kind of coming up with one-liners, puns, all this kind of stuff while we were shooting it multiple. We were shooting multiple things just so, because there's only one time for me to be there. So they need to shoot as much po as possible to kind of Frankenstein it together at the end to make it good. And they spent like three hours just like b-rolling film of the actual stuff which was interesting and then when they call the expert on the guy is literally standing right to the left of me 
And he's like, I'm going to call a buddy in. Because it was Corey during it. I'm going to call a buddy in. Are you gay, are you okay with staying? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can see the dude here. I don't think I'm going to be waiting long. So that was kind of the whole process. It took about five, four to five hours to actually record like 15 minutes of film. It's crazy. So that's my one story. I actually know more about that one. And uh, actually, Rick has said before where he says, uh, reality show or just TV in general is like hot dogs. You know, it's lovely, but uh, you don't want to know how it's made. Okay, so the next one is Long Island Medium. And we all know this is fake since I will probably have an episode about psychics in the future. Okay, so while there might not be much deception editing going on, the entire psychic reading premise is a sham, which makes Long Island Medium one of the fakest reality shows out there. All right, keeping up with the Kardashians, this one's a hot one. So what's real and what's fake when it comes to the carnival sideshow that is the Kardashian? Um, Kardashians. So it's hard to say, but numerous sources have asserted that much of the drama on screen and on social media is purely done for ratings. Oh my gosh, of course. For example, remember the moment that Khloe Kardashian takes an at-home pregnancy test and shares the news with her assistant? In this episode, Chloe decides to keep the pregnancy a secret in order to announce it to the family at a planned barbecue. However, insiders say that this particular scene was filmed in October, that Chloe knew about the pregnancy a month or so in advance, and that particular family barbecue had already happened months before. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to skip the voice. I think according to one musician who was asked to participate, everything is pre-scripted, including who makes the cut. So that's kind of boring. Well, you know, we already know about the singing thing. So Cake Boss. The cakes featured on Cake Boss is are real, but how they get made is totally not. On screen, it, it seems like customers get um, Star, Baker, Buddy, Velestro, free creative reign to kind of create their cakes. But in reality, they have Ideas in mind and their orders are actually very detailed. And considering how much these novelty cakes cost, how can you blame them? So in addition, making or many of the most amazing cakes creations are, uh, sorry, many of the most amazing cake creations are inedible. For example, the cake made for Wrigley Fields' 100th anniversary was made out of inedible materials and the cake had sat on display for so long it was ultimately decided not to be served to the patrons at all. So... It was made out of inedible stuff. Why would they have... Shouldn't the ultimate decision already be not to eat it? But it says ultimately decided not to serve it to patrons at all. Hmm. Interesting. All right, we already talked about Duck Dynasty. We know that that's pretty much um, repackaged, I guess, as like... Yeah, it's just like people who do live in society repackaged as people not in society. Kind of like a Beverly Hillbillies kind of deal. Oh, this is a good one. Pimp My Ride. Okay. So Pimp My Ride took old dilapidated cars and turned them into vir virtual works of art. So no expense or unnecessary addition was spared in the quest of creating unique and unbelievable cars for regular people. So however, once cameras stopped rolling, the cars stopped looking so amazing. So some former contestants said that lots of the cars addition had to be removed after filming for safety reasons. You mean they can't have a champagne, um, washing you know of their front windscreen that's crazy oh dang it i definitely thought somebody left there i was just spraying champagne all over their windscreen okay so the upgrades didn't address underlying mechanical issues with the car so they basically just made art instead of like a practical vehicle for the road interesting well guys that is actually going to be it for the episode. I uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed. This was a fun one to make. 
I, uh, I really enjoyed things like this because it's things everyone has seen. Plus, there was like 30 of them. So, you know, some are going to resonate with you. And some aren't because I didn't know half of them. But um, thank you guys for listening. Um, this was great. 100 episodes in. And we'll be looking for 100 more. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.